Good evening, viewers. The views, information, or opinions expressed on Myths and Misconceptions podcast are solely those of the individual guests and may not be representative of the show as a whole. Myths and Misconceptions is intended for mature audiences and will discuss, and will discuss topics such as murder, rape, torture, and suicide. If you, or anyone you know, are having suicidal ideations, call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-237-8255. Someone will be there to talk to you. You are not alone. Now, on to today's episode. Viewer discretion is advised. Before we get to the regularly scheduled episode, we are going to touch on a few housekeeping things. Uh, first off, I'd like to apologize. Uh, I haven't gotten any content out in the last month or so uh, due to my busy and hectic schedule. Uh, in my, my real-life paid job, I work at a hospital as a nutritionist. Uh, I've decided to further my education. Uh, to become a dietitian, and with that means that uh, schooling has now taken up a lot of my free time. Secondly, Myths and Misconceptions has also gotten an email, uh, which is myths underscore misconceptions at outlook.com. Um, I decided to go with an email so that uh, my listeners can, if you guys have any stories of the supernatural, paranormal, um, you know, cryptid related, anything that has ever given you the heebie jeebies, don't be afraid to drop a line and we will, fe we will feature it on a future episode. Third thing is that I'm planning on getting a Reddit or a subreddit, uh, for not only myth and misconceptions, but also for the parent company, so to speak, uh, Chrono's Corner. Um, just kind of a place where we can hang out, talk cryptids, uh, drop links for, you know, the CIA just dropped a, a pretty fat link on extraterrestrials, uh, UA, UAFs, I believe is what they're called instead of UFOs, uh, UAPs. Anyway, we'll get back to that. Uh, I finally have enough karma to do so, so I would love, uh, love to do that. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. So... 
today is a is a very special episode. It's our listener mail episode. We have um, I had a few people email me um, saying that I could use their story on the podcast. Uh, so we'll have two from the listener mail and then one from yours truly. Uh, so let's, without further ado, get on to today's episode. Our first story comes from a lovely young lady by the name of Bella Potts. And by the way, Bella, I'm going to steal your name uh, for a character in a book. It comes all the way from Canada. And I will try my best to give it a female persuasion. So, I live in Canada and was pretty deep in the Saskatchewan prairies. I have so many paranormal and ghost stories, but one that really sticks out was a few years ago. My church does this thing every four years where they hike about 20 miles in three or four days. We dress like pioneers and we carry handheld wooden wagons with all of our belongings and we sleep in teepees. We're pretty far away from any town or city and we're smack dab in the sun. It was like the second day and my friend and I were relaxing once we had finished our hike for that day. It had started getting dark and everyone started to put up their teepees. They put these very loud tarps on the bottom so we weren't sleeping on the trampled grass and it's on the outside of the teepee as well. After a while, everyone started going to bed. My friend and I dragged our blankets outside, grabbing our notebooks and flashlights. We were writing every now and again, but abandoned them to look at the stars. We were telling stories of each other's pasts and laughing and making jokes. There were horses that were tied to their trailer and every so often we'd hear one of them neigh. Then we saw this thing running around the campsite and we thought a horse had gotten loose and we joked that it was running to freedom. Instead, it looped back round and ran around us again, but this time it had gotten closer. We thought nothing of it and shrugged it off as a horse stretching its legs. The subject we were talking about had changed to serious topics, about past bullies, talking about insecurities, etc. When I was about to tell one, something caught my eye around the top of one of the teepees. It looked as if someone or something was peeking at us from behind a teepee. I stopped and looked back, and all I heard was, You've seen it too? My friend and I freaked out, since we both saw this black creature with an oval head and was just as tall as the teepees. We grabbed our things and ran as fast as we could into our teepee, kicking each other as we got in. I tried tying the little strings to close the opening as fast as I could since I, we could hear it running after us. It was obvious where my friend and I were laying due to our heavy breathing. We heard that thing stop to where we were just on the other side of the teepee. Either we passed out due to fear or lack of air, but we were untouched the next morning. The thing that we saw couldn't have been a person leaving the teepee since the tarp made a loud crackling noise when you walked on it and we never heard it move. The teepees were tall, maybe 10 to 15 feet. The tallest person stood at about 6'4 and looked small standing next to the teepees. We tried telling the leaders about it, but they told us it was just a shared hallucination. We told the rest of our friends, 
and one of them, who was staying in the teepee where the thing was hiding, had told us that she had heard someone or something walking around it at the same time we were chased by it. I still get freaked out thinking about it. Now I had some small conversation with Bella after I read her story, and it sounds to me like she may have encountered, her and her friends may have actually encountered what's known as a a Wendigo. For those who don't know, the Wendigo is a part of the Algonquin folklore, and they're very terrified by it. It's known for its insatiable greed and hunger for human flesh, and the Wendigo is usually depicted as a demonic spirit that has the power over winter storms and weather events, and because of this, the creature is often associated with harsh winters of the north. Now, there are a few retellings of people who get stuck out in the winter and become cannibals. They eat the members of their party and that's how you really become a wendigo is you eat human flesh and then you become a demonic spirit our next story comes from sudden blacksmith 41 it's a bit of a doozy of a haunted house story so let's dive in i know everybody says this but i don't believe in ghosts not in the traditional sense at least but my house does weird stuff when we moved into the house in 2015 It was owned by a family who had an old-school landline. They had a classic rotary phone with the numbers that you'd spin around to make the call. My wife and I kept it because we thought it was cool, even though it took about 20 minutes to get a telephone number right. But this phone did weird shit. First, my wife rang me at home one day and became very suspicious because she could hear a woman's voice. I said that it was probably crossed wires, no biggie. She said it sounded like a woman singing on the other end. I laughed at the thought that she thought I had the time and energy to have an affair and thought nothing of it. Fast forward though, my mother-in-law rings. I have a two-year-old daughter at this point. I'm talking to my mother-in-law about something, probably repairs on the house. It was and still is a fixer-upper. When she starts laughing and saying that she loves my daughter's singing, my daughter was not singing. So I figured again, possible cross wires. This happened 10 or 20 more times. I could actually hear it about five times using the phone and it sounded like a woman or a girl singing. Each time the sound was identical, like a kind of litting tra-la-la-la-la song coming from a great distance. I still think, yeah, okay, interference from somewhere. Anyway, We unplug the phone and get a newer one. The sounds stop immediately. Weird, right? But the next thing, I'm about to fall asleep one night when my wife starts screaming that she's seen something downstairs. I run down and she's genuinely terrified. Apparently, she had seen a white dress moving between the doorways in the hall as if somebody was running and the dress was billowing out behind them. This happens again about a week later. But this time, my wife is even more terrified because she doesn't just see a dress. She sees a profile of a woman above it that she can accurately describe, like fully anatomically describe. So I'm still skeptical. My wife works long hours as a teacher and this could be explained by tiredness 
and the brain conjuring up weird shit for fun, as the brain tends to do. One day, my daughter starts screaming from the bathroom upstairs. I run up, and she is crying. She says a person is watching her from the hall, peeking out of mommy and daddy's room. She is inconsolable, and keeps saying that there is somebody in the house. So by now I think, okay, well, maybe the house is haunted. These types of things have happened for four more years, on and off. They tend to go in cycles, occurring for a few weeks and then not occurring again for months at a time. I will often forget that my house is quote-unquote haunted, then suddenly something weird will happen one day, and I'll be like, oh shit, yeah, the ghost. I have indeed seen something weird. I used to sleep badly due to anxiety and panic attacks. I've never experienced hallucinations or anything due to these, but I realized they could make me skeptical to sensory delusions. I myself believe that what I saw was probably the result of my anxiety, compounded with sleeplessness. However, one night, I was heading to bed around 2am. I glanced up the stairs as I was putting the dog in the kitchen. The dog always chills with me downstairs. And I saw, for but a moment, a flashing of white passing up the stairs, like a dress. I even swear I saw the hem of the dress unfurling behind it. I have seen this at least four times in the five years of living in this house, at very unexpected times, as in times I had forgotten about the haunted nature of the house. I'll be doing my thing and suddenly, boom, there's something white, whatever it is, moving somewhere in the house. My wife has also experienced it many times. My daughter, now five, has also always experienced serious difficulties sleeping in her room due to what she used to call the twirly-woos. Google it. It's a weird British kid show, and fuck seeing that in the middle of the night. Now she seems more vocal. She can simply say when she doesn't like her room because she thinks people are in there. So my house, not particularly scary, but is an example of how you can live in a strange house without believing in ghosts and carry on with your life, even if your world might be genuinely haunted as shit. You know, Blacksmith, I also have an old house, and my house is almost 100 years old, and it was built by the owner of a coal mine in the town of Elmira. And I also have had some unexplainable things happen in my house. This last story, listeners, is from yours truly, and I'm just going to dive right in. So I've had a few interactions with the paranormal, nothing crazy, except when I moved into this house, but that is a story for another episode. I mostly just have the feeling of being watched, hearing voices, feeling the energy in the room, or maybe the occasional feeling of something brushing across me. This story, however, takes place at the Yakima Training Center in Yakima, Washington, which is commonly known as YTC, so that's how we'll be referring to it in this story. During my military days, um, 
I was in the military from 2007. I joined when I was 17, all the way up until 2015. And this story takes place around the years of 2010, 2011. I don't really remember. But YTC was purchased in the 40s and was used for anti-aircraft artillery for World War II up until the 50s when it was used for, for maneuver warfare training, uh, land warrior system training, and a live fire exercise for tanks and other mobile infantry devices. My unit at the time was mobile infantry. I was a combat engineer, but we did train on Bradley's. We did a lot of training at YTC for what's called Bradley net training or new equipment training. Um, at that time, due to where I lived at the time, I was placed on the advance party. That meant that there was a small group of us that went ahead of the rest of the company. And we make sure that the barracks are squared away. You know, making sure that there's beds in every bunk, everything's in working order, the floor is swept, you know, every everything looks nice for the rest of the company. However, I was the only one from my platoon that would be in the first platoon barracks until the next morning. I arrived at YTC in the mid-afternoon. Usually I would come in about three or four in the afternoon and after parking my jeep i was given the key to the barracks and stowed my stuff after stowing after everybody stowed their gear we all got together and you know shot the shit for a couple of hours and just kind of caught up um talked about what we were going to do for the four weeks we were there uh, you know that kind of stuff uh, and then, you know, we were talking about family and, and all that good stuff. And then we decided to go to the chow hall. Um, all in all, it was a pretty uneventful evening until I started to get settled in for the night. Now, I chose a bunk near the end of the hallway. Um, that way, there was a a wall on one side of my bunk that would help block out the light from the exit signs. That was the best thing about being on advanced party. You could pick whatever bunk you wanted. So I grabbed my towel and my toiletry bag, threw on my shower shoes, and headed for the latrine to take a shower. Um, and after turning on the water and getting undressed, the hairs on the back of my neck started to stand up and I felt as if I was being watched. The whole time I showered, I felt as though someone was just inches away from my skin, and I had that sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach. After finishing my shower, I got ready to bunk down for the night. I walked out of the bathroom and headed to my bunk. I pulled out my laptop and started watching a movie. It's when I heard what I thought were footsteps coming down the hallway. I figured it was one of the guys, so I called out and I didn't hear a response. So I poked my head out and I didn't see anybody. I figured maybe they came in and then realized they were in the wrong barracks and walked out. Um, so I put my headphones back on and I went back to watch my movie, not hearing anything else. So I put my headphones back on and I went back to my movie. Although every once in a while that feeling, that feeling of being watched would slowly creep back up. After the movie was over. I put everything back in my bag, set my alarm for Odark 30, and started to drift off to sleep. After sleeping for maybe a couple of hours, 
I opened up my eyes due to the feeling of something or someone being right next to my face. You know how when you're asleep, but you're in that phase where you're completely aware of your surroundings and you can hear everything that's going on? That was the state that I was in. I know that it wasn't sleep paralysis because I've had that before, and that's when things get weird. I can't talk, can't move, and I generally do see things when I'm in that state. Sleep paralysis is scary. I have a feeling of being trapped in my own body without the ability to move or speak. I just feel trapped, tied down, and it is the worst feeling in the world. If you guys have ever experienced it, I am sorry. I got out of my bunk and I noticed that the bathroom light was on, which I know I turned off after I showered because I have to have my room as dark as possible when I sleep. So I walked down the hallway and I turned it off and walked back to my bunk. While I was in my bunk trying to fall back to sleep, I saw what I thought were shadows moving across the walls. It really could have been cars driving by, although it's a military base in the middle of nowhere. I didn't see any lights coming from the windows, I just saw shadows on the walls that were illuminated by moonlight. And I also heard noises which normally I could brush off as the barracks settling, because that happened all the time. However, that night I thought I could hear boots walking down the hallway, stopping close to my bunk. It was at that time when I rolled over, I closed my eyes and I forced myself to sleep, because I didn't want to face what might have been there had I looked. That morning, before the rest of the company arrived, I asked everyone at breakfast, if anyone had been in the first platoon barracks that night. Now, for some context, soldiers, we, we like to play pranks on each other. You know, I remember one time we replaced one guy's canteen of water with a canteen full of tobacco spit. Or, you know, we would take somebody's rifle or their bag or, you know, we would genuinely... You know, maybe put a kick me sign on somebody's back, you know, stuff, pranks like that. But there are three things that a soldier never messes with. And that's chow, beer, and sleep. The others had assured me that nobody was in the barracks that night, and it was just me. And so we all had a good laugh about how the barracks might be haunted. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they are. You know, there's a lot of, especially in the military, hauntings, they don't need to be necessarily a full-bodied apparition like you see in, you know, horror movies. You know, Annabelle is not going to come out and get you, or, you know, the ghost isn't going to pop out of the closet. A lot of what people are seeing, or maybe experiencing, could just simply be what is known as an echo in time, which is a traumatic event, whether it's emotional, physical, what have you, that's replayed. And so for a lot of hauntings, that's what I personally believe is happening. We're witnessing a moment in time where maybe somebody got some bad news or something tragic happened. And it's just replaying itself 
over and over and over again. That's just my take on it. I would be interested to hear what your guys' takes are on it. So, like I said at the top of the episode, if you have a story of the supernatural, paranormal, uh, cryptid-related, really anything of the spooky variety, go ahead and drop us a line at myths underscore misconceptions at outlook.com, and it will be featured on a future episode. And with that, listeners, I bid you a good evening. And I hope that the bed bugs don't bite. This is your host, signing off.